been it. All right, that was a technical difficulty right there. Welcome to another episode of Hardship, the now on workplace diversity leadership and as it's a beautiful Monday today. I hope everyone is having a fantastic, fantastic day start of the week wherever that you're tuning in from please do write to the comments your name which state which country that you're tuning in from and of course what is the best thing that has happened to you today because it's the start of a new week today's episode we're going to be talking and exploring about the importance of becoming a people god you know because people change all the time and it's so important as leaders that we plant people and replant them in conducive environment to share the space with me i have rhonda joining in the conversation let's welcome rhonda hi rhonda. hello happy to be here <laughs> thank you for joining us it's such a pleasure having you so, rhonda let's let's just <laughs> dive in i'm curious to learn more about you know how did you start your journey and you call yourself the people gardener so let's talk a little bit about how do you come about being a people gardener the the people gardener moniker is something that i decided on just uh, two and a half years ago when i was basically cancelled out of my uh corporate executive career and i've been in I, i tell people i've been in leadership it feels like since kindergarten I love people. I love championing uh, people. I love teams. All my athletics in school was team related. I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy being in it together, you know, fighting together and everybody trying to accomplish the goal, whatever that is. And that transitioned uh, when I was uh, leading network marketing teams, direct marketing teams, uh, even my own kids, my own family, you know, uh, championing all of all of us together. And so when I was um, canceled out of my job, I spent about three months trying to figure out, okay, so what's Rhonda 2.0 going to look like? I'm, you know, 58, 58 years old at that time. And so I'm too young to retire. What am I going to do? And talking leadership and coaching and um, just encouraging and cheerleading people uh, is that's what lights me up. So I gained a lot of my understanding of people, or I guess I should say how I chose to interact with people is a result of what I learned in the garden. I'm an avid gardener. And so that that's where the people gardener um, came from. Because gardeners, they tend, they care for, they nurture, they cultivate. And to me, that's what leadership uh, is. I love that you actually use the gardening <laughs> analogy. And it's so true because when you look at gardeners, they don't pull out the weeds and disregard the weeds. They even use the weeds as compost. They use mm -hmm. different types of weeds. Um, let's say dandelions are normally look as weeds, but dandelions have got health properties. Mm -hmm. And really good gardeners, I've seen it, like really good gardeners, they take the weeds, they compost it, everything in the garden has got a purpose mm. everything in the garden contributes to the ecosystem that we're creating in there mm -hmm. so that's and, and you mentioned a, a little bit about you know how 
you love championing people and it's so important to champion people and especially during this climate right 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 now it's so trending because when culture a few few years ago the topic of culture was trending because everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon and talk about culture and then now the culture has slowly faded away now diversity is trending and for three months it was trending and now it's kind of like you know, kind of like dissipating away as well. But at the same time, I want to draw back everything, diversity and culture, and the importance of being a gardener in this space, right? Especially when we talk about diversity and creating an inclusive space. How can we become gardeners in this space where we are sensitive to other people's way of belonging or contribution? The reason that I that I chose people gardener was because of the heart of a gardener and something that a gardener never, ever does is blame the plant if it's not performing. They take total ownership. I haven't fed it right. I don't have it in the right spot. I've watered it too much. I've not watered it enough. There's no support around it they take absolute ownership in that plant flourishing. It's got nothing to do with the seed, with the plant, because every bit of life in innateness is, is there. And it will thrive if the conditions that it needs to, thr to thrive are there. And just like we as, we as humans, there's some of us that are introverts, extroverts, ambiverts. We all require different uh, systems around us for us to, to thrive. Another thing that a gardener does, you had mentioned it, uh, I think it was on the, the first screen talking about planting seeds and transplanting seeds. Something that a gardener does is if a plant is not doing well, they have no qualms about digging it up and moving it somewhere else in the garden that they believe would be more suitable for it to thrive. And if it's not there, then it goes somewhere else. So there's none of this, oh, it's not thriving, pick it up and throw it away. Basically like some companies, oh yeah, you're not working, you're out the door type of thing. They, they look for another spot. And the, the beautiful part of having that mindset is that you as the leader can have a conversation with someone and, and you're seeing they're struggling and then start that conversation to discover what it is that they're struggling with and what it is that they need in order to move forward, to get over the hump, and then you go and make sure that those things can happen. And I, I'm, I, I believe, this is my opinion, it, the buck stops with the leader. The leader's job, my, my belief, is the leader's job is to make sure that every single person is in the right spot. Because if they're in the right spot, and they're given the support and the nurturing and the cultivation and the praise and the caring and the interest, they will thrive. They can't help but thrive because that's what's innately in them. But if you don't have them in the right spot, 
there's going to be there's going to be challenges. Uh, you know, when you look at a when you look at a magazine that's got this picture of this gorgeous garden, right? You're looking at it. What makes it spectacular is the diversity of the plants. You got the big leaves, the little leaves, you got the spiky, you got the broad, you've got flowers, you got no flowers, you got, you know, it's just all this and everything, even though they're so different, the whole creates this image that is so moving. And people gardeners exactly the same way. You know, you get a, uh, for, for folks that don't do any gardening at all, if you go to a garden center or the garden area in your local store. And in the spring, there's all those little seed packets. You know, that it shows the picture on the front of the seed packet. And on the back of it, it tells you how deep to plant it, how much space they need, how much sun they need, how much water they need. And that's a beautiful thing to have as a gardener. That's your starting point. Well, human beings don't come with one of those little packets <laughs> to help you know where to plant them and what to do. So you have right. to be interested. You have to be observing their behaviors, their thoughts, their language to determine whether or not they're in the right spot and get that dialogue going with them so that you can, between the, the two of you, you can figure out where that spot is. Because if everybody's in the right spot, you are going to have people that are performing far beyond your expectation. You know, the KPIs, the ROIs and all those metrics that the, the finance department or the purchasing department or the sales department or whatever measure everything by, they're, they're going to be exceeded because everybody's happy. They come into work and they're jazzed to be there because they're interested in what they're doing because it's in their wheelhouse. That's that's what jazzes them up. So gardening, becoming a people gardener is all about taking the tenets of a nature gardener and the, the heart and the caring and the cultivating and just focusing on the people. And I've, I've narrowed down to a hashtag um, just recently and it's be interested. That's what you need to do. You have to be interested in the human being. That person that comes to the office, you, you need to be interested in their life, all aspects of their life. And that doesn't mean you need to be nosy. That doesn't mean you have to go out for drinks or to, you know, to dinner or any of those kinds of things. But <laughs> just be interested you know, chat, ask a question, yeah. talk to people in the hall. It's it's not that complicated, but I, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be bold here and say, don't even think of taking a leadership role if you're incapable of being interested, because that is the starting point of caring. If you're not interested, you will never get to the place of care. Yeah. And if you don't get to the place of care, you're going to do a crummy job as a leader. That's so true. I, I love what you mentioned about we have got to be interested, right? Yeah. It starts from the heart. 
I absolutely, absolutely love what you mentioned about, you know, as gardeners, we don't just pluck them out and say, sorry, you don't belong here. That's what a lot of so-called leaders, right, who don't belong in leadership positions are doing, where where they look at someone, oh, you're not performing. It's very focused on KPIs, metrics, but they don't want to understand the person as to where they're coming from, from an extended lens. There's no empathy presence. There's no No. kindness presence. There's no compassion presence. Leadership doesn't, (laughs) it's not something that you get from a schematic, right? To your point of, you don't don't have those instructions at the back of the seed packages. It's an ongoing process that you have to constantly learn. It's an ongoing process that you constantly need to challenge your own biases as well. Because people are changing. When other people are changing, we have got to change as well in a sense that we have to learn about them. We have to understand. We have to learn what works and what does not work. And not just adopt some kind of methods blindly just because it's industry best practices, right? What works for one industry, if it's in the same, if you're in the same industry, does not work for another organization who is in the same industry as well. Just like, just like we have siblings, we're all from the same family mm-hmm. and, and say, okay, you know, I'm going to treat all of you the same way because you're all from the same family everyone gets equal amount of love everyone gets equal amount of food but you're not understanding the health (laughs) someone's health oh yeah so so true and and the thing is you know when i say all this it is not all roses leadership is simple but man it can be complicated it can it can be painful it can be emotional it can be all of those things because part of the role of a gardener is not only making sure that the plant is in the right spot but as the plant grows it needs to be pruned it needs to be shaped right and it's how you prune it and how you shape it with your words and your action and with your support and all of those kinds of things, because those spectacular gardens that you see in magazines, the for the most part, plants are pruned. They're, they're, they're cut, right? So we all have to be aware of each other. We can't have this gangly plant that's invading all of the other plants' space, right? So that's all part of emotional intelligence, right? Learning spatial awareness, learning self-awareness. And some of the pruning can be done by the person themselves. Sometimes it has to be the leader that, you know, brings up, okay, we need to back off a little here or we need, you know, mind yourself there. So it isn't, it's, um, it's not, it's not always um, just this, for want of a better better word, this this love fest, <laughs> but it it is. There has to be a component of structure because if you have a garden that is just every plant for themselves and everything is just wild and overgrown, it is not attractive at all. So there have to be boundaries. There has to be guidelines. But the gardener takes and prunes the plant the way it's best for the plant and not not saying, oh, well, I'm going to prune you because this plant is bigger and it needs more space. If in fact, 
no, I don't have to prune it that hard. I'm, I'm, I'm good. So being aware um, of how each plant needs to be pruned and making sure I, I liken um, pruning to, to conversation, to teaching, to educating uh, and, and letting people um, kind of um, self uh, prune, <laughs> like presenting. Okay. So here's what I've observed. This is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. How do we address this? Right. kind of thing so yeah that's that's fantastic and i want to touch on something that you mentioned it's so important to prune and reprune someone mm -hmm. according to how they want or they ought to be right and that's a common mistake that we see in a lot of organizations where managers right i say managers because they don't belong in leadership positions um those who do not know how to lead from the heart for other beating hearts. But sometimes they will say, okay, it, you are not ready to be a leader yet. You're not ready to be in this position yet. And it's always the yet, and they don't give the necessary feedback. Or even if they give the necessary feedback, it comes from a lens of their expectation, what they want them to be, they what they want them to become. It's like planting a rose seed and expecting the rose seed to become carnations. Yeah, right. It, it, absolutely. It, it, it does not work that way. No. And it's so important when we when we replant and plant people again, even pruning them, it's so important to learn what their strengths are. And someone's mm -hmm. strengths can change. And someone's interests can change as well according to which stage in life they are in. Yeah. Like, if something is causing them burnout, there's no point in them putting them in the same position and saying no you have to do x y and z mm -hmm. only then can you move into promotion and you then can you move into this space but to your point as a gardener we identify if this plant needs direct sunlight partial sunlight if it does not do well in this space maybe the soil is too acidic mm -hmm. then we move it to indoor gardening mm -hmm. maybe we move it to a different space in the garden to your point so yeah. So it, those are all really important for us to think about. Now, I want to hear from you three tips, right? Three tips from Wanda. How can someone become a people gardener if they are starting out as leaders or if they are transitioning to become leaders? Okay. Well, the first one uh, applies to if you're in leadership right now. Um, it could be that you're aspiring to be a leader, or you could be a business person, a business owner that all of a sudden has three or five or 10 employees, and you find yourself in a leadership role that you never intended that you'd be in and you don't really want to. <laughs> and that first one is to be interested. Uh, those of you that are aspiring, it is you are president and CEO of your own desk and you set the culture, you set the tone right there at your desk. So make it a place that's inviting for those that are coming to you with information, for information that you're sharing. Make sure that you are interested in giving the best service to whoever you're working with. And as leaders, be interested in those that you lead, be interested in their life. 
It, it is so vital that you have a conversation. It's not possible to transplant someone if you don't know what's going on because you're not recognizing that they need to move. So you have to be, you have to be interested. I love that. The biggest disservice that a leader can do to anyone is not truly understanding what a person is needing, not truly taking the time to understand that person. Because if, when your team members, when your people are showing up in your organization, they're not just showing up as robots, they're showing up as beating hearts. Mm -hmm. Whatever is going on in their personal life is brought to the workspace. When organizations are expecting people to bring work back into home, especially now during the pandemic, the lines are blurred. You are working from home. It's the new normal. We need to start understanding people from an extended lens. What are their emotions? What are they going through? How are different parts of their life intersecting with the work that they're doing in the space? How is that impacting them? So any last words before okay. we wrap up the show? Well, uh, another one is if someone needs to speak with you and your answer is I'm too busy, that's your ego talking. You're never too busy. And if you think that you're too busy, then you're doing a really crummy job of delegating and delegation is a gift. Uh, I believe 100% the more you can delegate as a leader, the more time you have to cultivate and encourage and be present for every person on your team. So many new leaders are worried that if they delegate, it's going to make them look weak or people are going to think that they're lazy um, or they're, they're not in control. But the reverse is actually the truth. When you, when you are confident in yourself, you will move off tasks and requirements that are not in your zone of genius. Uh, there, if, you, if you're not that great at Excel and you've got somebody in your department that's fabulous, move it off, get them to do it because it frees up your time to actually interact with the people that you're leading. And that to me is the, the I, I, I really feel like it's where leadership falls down and has for years and years and years. You know, this person, they're meeting to death and I've got this deadline and that and all the rest of it. And it's like, you know, you need to be talking to your people. You need to get up out of your desk. You need to wander around. You need to have the conversations and they need to see you. Because it's only as you see them and you hear them that they will trust you with information that will help you get them out of a roadblock or help you transplant them. I love that you mentioned about delegating, which is an essential, it's such an imperative, yeah. imperative, um, do you call it a behavior? I don't know what you call it, but it, it, it's so important to embrace that factor, right? And also not to delegate according to favoritism, because yeah. that's a, another side of the coin that we have we see in organizations, right? Usually uh, the manager delegates certain tasks to people whom he or she favors, 
right? And they only give a chance to this particular person and say, okay, I'm going to give you this because I want to put you on a fast track to promotions. And to your point about transparency and building that trust, we need to play a fair game when we're leading our people, even delegation. Delegation needs to fall under the inclusive space, under mm -hmm. the space of who wants to do this as opposed to just giving it to someone whom we like or do not like. So right. that's such an important key as well. Um, I know we are out of time, Rwanda, but it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Any last tip, one tip that you'd like to give to our viewers and listeners out there um, with leadership? I think one of the, one of the big um, impactful things that you can do as a leader is if you, in fact, are back in a, a building environment, pause in your car, pause at the outside of the door and collect yourself, breathe and be calm and be open to whatever is on the other side of the door. And those that are in the Zoom world, <laughs> the StreamYard world, whatever that is, do the same thing. Stop and just calm yourself before you hit that button that puts puts everything live. Uh, we're living in a very, very stressful um, mind, heart, body, soul weirdness. And even though a lot of people don't want to believe that they're stressed, we all are. There's a vibration, right? That it, it's just, it's there. So just take a moment to yourself and then move forward. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing this place with me. Thank you for sharing how can we become great gardeners with less. Yeah. Right? Even plants vibrate at highest level of energy. Even plants hear the words that we give it. Right? They either thrive or do not thrive according to the nutrients, to the environment that we plant them in, and also the words and the touch that we give them. And that's yeah. exactly how humans are as well. Yeah. Thank you again, wonderful. You're, being most, on show. you're most welcome. Thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for watching. Rhonda, please do not go anywhere. Everyone, give this show a thumbs up, like it on on iTunes, YouTube, wherever that you're tuning in from, and we'll be back again next week.